0: hello and welcome to another episode of third and one fall the episode dedicated to the love of nfl and wrestling on a weekly basis giving you the updates that you need um i am ash of course nothing straight from that and of course with me alongside my brother abs how's it going bro
1: What's up man? I am I'm good man. You know what? I feel I feel good because every everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. So whatever. I'm I am I am fine and dandy.
0: Very philosophical of you there. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. You look different, bro. What's happened? I had a haircut, you... didn't
1: I? <laughs> finally yeah, you looking finally managed to get a hold of my uh Barber Haroon, yeah. Had to hit him with the fade shape up jeez I'm,
0: looking, jeez
1: I'm looking a bit dangerous <laughs> bit like baking Mayfield Ooh, on Sunday shit you, what, you I you, oh. what I tell you what I tell
0: you yeah I know that.
1: what I um, tell you about the Browns mad fuckery that is but, uh, whipping the Cowboys like they stole something
0: yeah that's something we're definitely going to go into uh, how, how you else are you being that week alright
1: yeah I mean apart from sports everything is good Sports is just, uh, right now, it's just a bit of a disconnect. Everything seems to be flatlining. Whatever sport is, it just seems that everything is coming to a head and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, other than that, yeah, fine and dandy.
0: And it's not going to get better either, is it? Let's be honest. So,
1: I don't think so. <laughs> well, Dan Quinston, your job, isn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah. Another week.
1: Not getting better at all.
0: Another dang good job, but me with my cold and shit, it's just horrible. So, but I'm recovering. Chicken noodle soup and shit. Can you remember that track? Chicken noodle soup. Chicken noodle soup.
1: Chicken noodle soup. Chicken noodle soup. soup. With the broth on. I don't think I even know it. Never mind remembering
0: it. it. Terrible, but it was. It it did slap in a a weird kind of way. Still, but um, yeah, you need to check that out. Chicken noodle soup. So yeah, I've been having that because I've been a little bit fucked up this week. But, you know, change of weather and raining for, what, 10 days straight? Can't expect anything from this crap little island, can you? Anyway, let's continue with the podcast with our very first segment. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs versus Patriots. So... Chiefs for Pats on Sunday was one of the most highly anticipated games in the early NFL season until it was announced that Cam Newton was positive for COVID-19, which threw the spanner in the works. Eventually, the game was cleared to play on Monday, where, after a defensive battle, Chiefs managed to come out on top. So, would the result be different if Cam
1: was playing? No. Because I mean, look. I guess maybe there would have been less picks because Cam isn't stupid like uh, Hoyer and uh, the 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 poor rookie. What Hoyer, the destroyer? Are you disrespecting his name, bro? I mean, he disrespecting himself. I mean, what the hell was he doing? <laughs> Spike the ball, kick the field goal, go into halftime. What the hell is <laughs> he doing? Trying to be hero, trying to do a hail mary. <laughs> Man trying to do a Hail Mary, thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm going to find Edelman somehow. Bam, got sacked. It's time. I can not believe yeah, my it's eyes. The...
0: <laughs> it's when he got sacked before half time. I was <laughs> crying. <laughs> Belichick
1: was <with> living, <laughs> What the hell? You he had that chance just to ice if the If it. the rookie did that, okay, no problem. You know, it's, it's Rook, unlucky Rook. You'll learn next time, kid. Yeah. But this is... Brian Hoyer, he's been in the NFL since <laughs> 1985. Like he's, <laughs> he should know better. Yeah. But I think, yeah, that maybe there would have been less picks. Maybe it would have been a, a closer game. But I just think, yeah, Mahomes will always just get it done. He's right now, he's unplayable. You can't even sack him, you can't even intercept him. Like, you can't do any of those things with Mahomes. I think he threw for, what, 236 yards and one touchdown. I thought Travis Kelsey made some really good plays. Clyde H- Edwards-Hilaire is the real deal. He's, he seems to be getting better. I thought it was like a a flash in the pan in, on the first night. But he seems to be getting better and better. I mean, look, the Patriots were in the game for long periods of it. But I just, yeah, I never thought the the result was in any kind of danger at all. Like you just think Mahomes will do something, anything. You pull out a play, he will come up with something. And yeah, I mean, he's he's just unplayable. He's unbeatable. It wasn't an interception because Belichick didn't throw the flag. So Mahomes' record still stays intact of not. He's not. He's not been picked off yet, has he? No. He's like, yeah, so just, it still yeah. counts. Yeah. Count it, baby. It, it still counts. I mean, it, Belichick should have thrown the, the the flag, but I loved how quickly such a clever, savvy team they are, Kansas. Just go for the punt quickly so that they can't throw the flags. It's just little things like that. It's just they're such a, a well-coached, well-drilled, really smart team. And it's just it looks ominous for the league.
0: Yeah. Um. This was a match I was looking forward to, uh, one of my favorite matches to look forward to in uh, you know regular season, and uh, you know it's really really hard to say who would you know could have won if do you know what I mean? It's it's like with anything that like you may not have you may not have seen or you may what could have been oh so so could have won or no no no, so so should have won but no one really frigging knows. But <laughs> if you ask me, would the result be different if Cam was playing? If uh if I'll be honest, I'll say. Probably yeah uh, Chiefs weren't great on Monday at all um Pats seemed to have the answers. like they dropped everybody back and it was a dog fight between uh, b- between, uh the two, between the two teams as Mahomes said uh, like look there's been three times that Mahomes hasn't scored in the first half and every single of three of those times it was cuz they were facing the Pats so that's not a coincidence Belichick has obviously we know by the defensive mind of Belichick of how great he is, but he 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 knows of something of how to contain um Mahomes, which was uh you know simple as what he was doing last time was um get the run game going um keep, keep, keep keep basically running out the clock and don't let Mahomes get onto the field because as soon as you let Mahomes get onto the field it's game over um so, yeah, I mean, obviously, you can only play who who is in front of you. So I'm not really going to blame, uh, you know, the Chiefs or Mahomes, for example, uh, on, on, on 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 winning. And you should never apologise for a win, I believe. But come on, look who Belichick had, right? Hoyer the Destroyer, he got sacked twice, including the strip sack. All right, called for. I think you can trio. stop
1: calling him that now. <laughs> stop yeah, yeah. calling him that. The only thing he I, destroyed was the Patriots' chances of winning okay. that game. I'll do that
0: if you know the difference between unplayable and a great player, because that's completely two different terms that you're using for be, Mahomes. He can't be
1: touched, Mahomes. <laughs> that doesn't he mean he can <laughs> That means he shouldn't be sacked. <laughs> Has he thrown a pick? He has been sacked, yeah. Of course he's been sacked. Has he? When? Yeah. I've, every time I've watched him, he just on third and long, he seems to be making a play.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He's, Coaches
1: he's are what... looking at it thinking, what's the point? Throw throw, throw it out the bin.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah. So, right. Hoyer, he got sacked twice with a strip sack. Called for a timeout when they had no more timeout left. So that caused him three points. I am like, what is wrong with this guy? Is he stupid? So, oh, forget it. Let's just go with Stid. Joe Stid him because he's a man. What happened to him? Man got sacked. And then he throws it, which, you know, to be all fair to Stid, that wasn't his fault. But then he throws it to Edelman, who Edelman just tips the ball off into his fingers because he just was flinching all that time. And it fell into Honey ba- Badger's hands and he went for a pick six. So, you know. Um, Really, I felt that uh, Corona snatched what snatched from us what could have been a really great battle, and um, yeah, I felt I felt robbed of this game if I'll be honest with you, um, because um, I'm I've, I'll be forever wondering what would have been that didn't happen, and hopefully uh, later on, if uh, Pats do make it, or um, and Chiefs are definitely going to make it, of course, then um let's see if there will be another rematch in this season
1: yeah i mean who knows they could run it back in uh, the playoffs and the way both teams have looked so far you wouldn't necessarily uh count that out you know one of the one of the picks that um the rookie threw i actually thought it was a good throw until it fell into the arms of the <laughs> Kansas City defender, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, "Oh wait, what a throw!" And then it just sees the Kansas guy, and I was like, ah, "Okay, maybe not." Yeah,
0: yeah, because <laughs> I looked at that as well. I
1: was like, oh shit! Okay, cool. Because ah, okay. I thought the kid's got an arm, damn. And then is still, still better than Hoya. Well, anyone's better than Hoya.
0: Poor Belichick. Uh, wish you well, Sue Cam, because uh. Yeah. <laughs> they need you. Yeah, we you. we miss you, man. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, I mean I don't miss and again it's a win win for me as a Dolphins fan. I don't miss Pat's winning. So I don't really give a shit. But again, it's it's all, you know, I'm really wishing Cam well and hopefully he can go back out of there and uh make something and, and prove the doubt it was wrong. Prove the, you know, thirty one teams that said no to him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, let's talk uh, some wrestling and let's talk about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. So on SmackDown, Roman Reigns still couldn't get over the fact that his cousin would not acknowledge him as the Tribal Chief at Clash of Champions. So he demanded that Jey come out of the ring and to acknowledge him then. And after Jey flatly refused to recognize him as a Tribal Chief again, Reigns offered to up the ante by offering Jey a rematch with the stakes being as high as they have ever been, with dangerous consequences. So, despite Jay being on the wrong end of a beatdown at Clash of Champions, are you surprised with this rematch? I'm
0: not. I'm not really surprised with it at all. No, no. Uh, I I can't get enough of it. So, uh, regardless whether I'm surprised or not, um, I, I don't really care because I want. I, you know, I, I want. I want to see this um, played out for as long as it possibly can. And I think it will be. But no, I'm not really surprised. Look, seriously, I love how Reigns, look, look if you look at like the start of this promo, because it was just such a beautiful promo, all right, nothing again too flash, all about story, all about Saturdays. Look how Reigns, he, 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 he's just standing in there, pauses his chat as Paul does, right? Hey, with his chat as Paul does. And he cuts him off and says, nah, bruh. I'm
1: not Brock. <laughs> Give it a mic. <laughs> I just love, he just holds his hand out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, That's it. This, is, this is not how it's going to be. You do that for Brock, but you don't do that for me, fam. And then like, you know, the most chilling thing about um Reigns is that, uh, or the most chilling thing about any villain is when they're believable, you know when I was a kid I was never scared of the big bad monsters right or watching the Disney films and looking at the big monsters that were co- I wasn't I wasn't scared of that I was I was scared of the 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 the, ter- the like the chilling the chilling uh, villains like uh that that big <clears throat> that big villain in uh Oliver right or or Frollo from uh Hunchback of Notre Dame why they're believable, right? They he's he's essentially a narcissist who generally believes he's doing nothing wrong. In fact, he believes it's for the greater good of his family, and that is what's friggin' scary about that. You if you look through villains and evil people now, they, they they believe that they're doing something right, bro. They think this is I have to by any means necessary, even if it's through unsavory methods. I have to get the point across. And like, it's evil, man um so yeah i i i love i love that about uh his character i love that he's he's adding these layers to it he's he's giving me these mob he's uh, this mob boss vibes right and and it's not kind of like godfather like you come into my house but type of thing but you know it's like uh you know i'm the head of the, the you know the tribal chief i'm the head of the family and you do what i say or oh, well Oh, cap knees in and all of this type of, you know, type of uh, feel to it. I I, I love it. Uh, you know, each week you can see him getting angrier too, which I, I like that. Uh, I, I also find, uh, I also find him scary, not because he's a big man and he can easily maul you, but because he makes you feel like you're uh, a piece of shit for not agreeing with him. So just... Just, just like the 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 the, the anger, just the um, the 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 genuinely believing his right and being a narcissist, and and just the manipulative the manipulative way of him making you feel like you're a monster for not agreeing with him makes him the most incredible manipulative villain uh, that WWE has seen in a in a long time, and it and it's great you know uh, you know when he was hugging him and then saying you know i love you just just know that i love you i don't i don't really want to do this <laughs> i was like this is just it's so it's just so beautiful just great great storytelling so no i'm not surprised um uh in fact i welcome it
1: yeah i mean roman reigns is an outstanding heel like he is just the best could you imagine if they tried to book this roman reigns and brock lesnar
0: yeah yeah I'm going for I'm going for Reigns. I'm going for Rafter.
1: Huh? Give me Reigns yeah. Lesnar now. Yeah, yeah. yeah Give yeah. me this like two badasses. Go. Can you imagine? Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, like he is just the the best heel ever. Like I just love him as a heel. He's promo on SmackDown. He's like gaslighting Jay. when he's like, I didn't want to do this. Yeah, you like... did this to me. Yeah. Like why? You- he's like gaslighting. Jay. Like he's gaslighting him. And obviously, yeah. Jay's like, I don't recognize you, Ooze. Like what's up, Ous? Like what's what's going on? He's just like, you're still looking at the title, even though I'm pouring my heart out to you. And he's like, he's like, you're still looking at this title. Is this what you want? Okay, fine, you can have it, but there's gonna be dangerous consequences. And I love when he's like walking by, and then you can just see that evil grin coming on his face. It's like, Ooh, what 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 could it possibly be? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like, oh, if you lose, then? Uh, Jimmy Uso is gonna be my tag team partner, and i do i do i still do think eventually the end game is Jimmy and Jay joining Roman and doing the bloodline. I still think that's the the end game I still think that's where they're okay. they're headed to but i I don't mind you know the original question about being surprised about a rematch no, I'm not I welcome it I would love to see it run it back. I think it's one of the more intriguing and more better storylines that they've got now in WWE now that Sasha and Bailey have, have split up this is now probably one of if not the best things in WWE right now so I, w- I wouldn't mind them doing it again at Clash of um not Clash of um, Hell, in, Hell in the Cell I didn't really appreciate AJ's promo after when he interrupts him and he's like is is this over is the owl over uh, AJ Styles wants a shot at the champion. Well, Why didn't you like that? What was what was wrong with that? I thought that was all right. I mean, he's like, oh, is the luau over? Have you finished sacrificing the goat? Like, you ain't got to say all of that, man.
0: Yeah, I know. But... You
1: ain't, you ain't, you ain't got to say all that. And then Jey Uso beating AJ Styles clean in the middle of the ring. I think that could be tied down to when we talk about the draft later. I do think Styles is going to. Be drafted to RAW. Yeah, I mean, but
0: uh, I, I didn't mind the promo from AJ. I mean, I know what you're saying. It's not. It's not necessary. But with him being a heel, it's like, and I don't think it. I don't think it damages him. So just why not? If 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 that makes sense, um, I think I think I I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate um AJ, um, you know, helping Jay get over in that match because in any alternative universe, Jay ain't beating AJ, so. For, for, for Jay to, to beat uh, AJ, I, f- I thought that was a nice touch and it was a good way... Yeah, yeah, it had to happen. Um, yeah, it had to happen because if he ain't beating AJ, then what? why, why is he going to head in a cell? Hell in a cell, you know? Not some normal pinfall match where he got destroyed, right? He's going into one of the most dangerous matches concocted in WWE, right, with Roman Reigns. <clears throat> it had to happen. He had to beat AJ. So that was nice for him to do that. Um, I, I You know, even... Even just him getting the title shot. I love loved that. It wasn't the uh the typical uh Okay, well I'll see you uh so I'm pointing and you know how they always do it like, you know when they announce like a title match? Yeah, you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah or the point it towards like right and yeah, yeah, WrestleMania shit. But it was not like that. It was like, is is, is that what you want? Fine, I'll give it to you. You got it. Like, you gives a shit, I don't really care. Like, I loved that. I loved that that wasn't his main thing, right? Um, cuz it it shows one that although this is uh, honorable for Roman, um it's not what he's mainly after in 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 regards to uh Jay's eyes. And two, um it shows that he it shows the level of disrespect that he has against because if it was anyone else, it'll be like, I don't know. Like he wouldn't back down, but he would have be like, yeah, sure, fine. But the way he just did it to Jay, like it was just like, like a little kid, like what, you want a piece of chocolate? Like, right, just go and get a piece of chocolate. <laughs> right? It's just, it was just so, so clever. Um, and I liked, I liked that whole dimension that they did with just introducing, um, you know, another match uh, for Hell in the Soul through that way. So I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a good promo. Um and yeah I'm looking forward to seeing more man. so next topic the Cleveland Browns took a trip to Jerry World on Sunday where they played against the Cowboys which looked at first to be a dominant game until Cowboys tried to climb back however OBJ and the rest of the Browns offense made sure that didn't happen and firmly kept the lead with the final score at 49 to 38 so is this the first Cowboys the worst Cowboys team we've seen in recent memory, or has Browns just gotten a lot better?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say I told you so. I told you so. Uh, uh, I told you so. But I mean, look, I, I saw this result coming a mile away. I don't know. Actually, I do know why, because I knew that the Browns have a very, very good run offense and the Cowboys have a very, very bad run defense. And even though um, Nick Chubb went off, I think he was still averaging like seven yards a carry before he was uh, taken off, and I think Kareem Hunt had a, a good game: eleven carries, seventy-one yards. The rookie De'Ernest Johnson came in, thirteen carries, 95 five yards. It was it was one of those where they they did something that they played to their strengths. And they just exploited the Cowboys over and over and over again. Obviously, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. I said as well he was probably going to have a, a big game. He had probably his best game in a Browns jersey by a mile. He looked really good out there. The, his second touchdown for that long run, which was supposed to be a, a loss because uh, your man, missed a Tackle, He just went all the way, and he's like, once he's on a stride, you weren't going to stop him. You know, oh, oh, shake and bake. Oh, shake and bake. Baker Mayfield did his thing. Ooh-wee! I mean, ultimately, I don't think the Browns' defense is going to be good enough when it matters the most, because obviously they let them back in. And they just kept scoring after every two-point conversion. And I'm thinking, are you lot stupid? And you know what? the 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 Cowboys um, the Cowboys special teams they kind of you know they got lucky against the Falcons so that luck kind of just came back to them when um, I think they blocked the field goal the the extra point attempt but obviously your man fumbled the ball and they went through and then they managed to get the uh, the two points to still make it an eleven point score I just thought yeah well what goes around comes around you thought you can Dine out on that piece of luck for as long as you can. It's like, no, really and truly, the Cowboys should be 0-4. They should be 0-4. And if it wasn't for a team that was stupider than the Cowboys, the Falcons, then, yeah, the Cowboys would and should be 0-4. And Dak Prescott, his numbers are amazing. Like, what, 500-odd yards? Four or five touchdowns, but it's always too late. it's too little, too late. He's in the fourth quarter, like showing up and showing out. What about the third, the second, the first quarter show up, show out then empty calories It is, it's empty calories it's 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 empty, empty calories, and it's always it's it's just yes, yeah, the little too little, too late and this was just a perfect example, but um yeah. The fact that they went down 11 points again after that wild uh, missed extra point attempt and then recovered by the Browns in the end zone. Yeah, it probably summed up how crazy that game was. And yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, they just they stink. They absolutely stink. And the Browns, they don't stink there. I thought this was a coming out party for their offense. And uh, they ran all over Jerry World, just like I said.
0: I think it's both. I think Browns have certainly come with an explosive start to the season for their standards. Anyway, Uh, you know, three one. It's been nine years since um, Cleveland have won three of their first games. Um, So yeah, and I mean they're they're doing really really well for themselves. Um, They've got you know, in regards to running backs. two of the best you know one of the best uh, running back tandems that uh, are are that are in the league at the moment um so they they they're doing really well for themselves um kevin Stephans is really putting his impact onto that group i mean it's it's becoming a running team now so we say shake and bake but like it's really a running team if you look at it, right, like Brown's run for three hundred and seven yards and three touchdowns, and that was without Nick Chubb, who got injured in the first quarter. So, like, give Mayfield, you know, Baker Mayfield is is due, but it it, it wasn't it wasn't about him last. Well, on Sunday, anyway, it was about them doing the run. And even when it came to like big time throws, you know, one of them was from friggin' Jarvis Landry, who's like got a first touchdown in his. 100th career game, a 37 yard score on a trick play. All right. That was the longest touchdown toss to a receiver since Beckham's 49th yarder with the Giants. And that was in 2018. Yeah. Browns are doing well, but I'm not ready to pass the mantle to uh, shake and bake so far. And that's like at the moment. And say, okay, well, he's stepping up. He's he's still got a bit to do. Um, In regards to Cowboys, I agree they are uh, absolutely horrible at the moment, right now. You know, did you know? And I looked at this fact before when I was doing doing the research. Did you know that they're on pace to allow 584 points against them already going into week five? That figure would surpass. The NFL record of allowing 533, which was set by the Baltimore Colts at the time uh, in 1981. That is outrageous.
1: Baltimore Colts. Baltimore
0: Colts, yeah. The famous team that John Elway didn't want to join (laughs) in the 1983 draft. So do you understand how... That is such, that is absolute garbage. And the thing is, the, what is worse for the Cowboys is the two worst things you could do on either side of the off, uh, on the ball. Offense is what? It's getting picked, right? Defense is what? Doing a fumble, right? And yet they do it <laughs> consistently all the time. Like the two worst things that you can do on either side of the ball—they always do it—and they get themselves slaughtered for it. It's so stupid. That fifty-yard run that you mentioned from Odell, Cowboys' defense should have gone home at that time in shame. You know, I, I, and I noticed even when uh, when I was watching uh, the game again, or well, just the highlights before uh, the 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 uh, before the pod, and I realized on the tape that. Um, OBJ wasn't even planning to run the four full, the full yards <laughs> he was actually going to run out of bounds and then he saw an opening and thought oh y'all ain't going to stop me alright <laughs> then went straight down to the end zone I was like you guys are jokers how could you not catch him that is terrible and we know yeah he's fast he's you know is a top uh, wide receiver but you're telling me out of the seven that he passed that like not one of them could have just at least tripped him up that is ridiculous outrageous so um yeah, Cowboys they need to uh they need to um you know, this is a woeful start for the season for the Cowboys and they need to put something out in the bag quick or it's um already gonna be an embarrassing uh you know endurance for them. And look, they're in the worst possible division in the league at the moment, right? The NFC East, and yet they're still not first with their offense. With their offense, because that's all it seems to be now. It just seems to be, oh, we've got CD Lamb and we've got it's all pizzazz and wow, you got CD Lamb, you got Zeke, yeah, you guys are you guys are Mario Cooper, woo, you guys are kind of, uh, but wh- where's where it getting them? It's not getting them anywhere. It, it's just a lot of um, a lot of a lot of gas, but no, uh, but no spark, no explosion. But the Eagles, they got all oh, walk it to him.
1: Woo! Oh, walk it to him. He's walking all the way to first place in the NFC East. Don't Imagine walk it that. To him. <laughs> oh. Imagine
0: that. That is on a one 2 and one record. And they're first. Go figure. Absolutely dreadful. I don't think any... I mean, someone has to win that division. But ain't no one getting a wild card from that division.
1: Do you think Mike McCarthy's going to be uh, feeding the heat soon?
0: Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, he will definitely ride out to the to the uh, end of the um of the season. Cause look, still on his resume is I won a Super Bowl, which you know is that fair to say? Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, Super Bowl is one of the most hardest things to uh, uh, accomplish in professional sports. But at the same time, like. We're, we're in the NFL, the not-for-long league, right? What have you done for me lately, as Janet says? So you can't just say, oh, well, I got a Super Bowl, and then, like, okay, well, when was that? Like, oh, it was about 10, 11 years ago. And then be fine that like, you can do whatever you want or run any team, just riding the coattails. Do you know what I mean? So um, he, needs to, he needs to pull something out of the bag or he's, I think he's going to get into trouble soon.
1: I don't think that worked for Joe Flacco either.
0: I've won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, but then Flacco, you know, it is, it's true. It didn't work for Flacco, but he had like one of the best post-season runs ever in NFL history. So when you look at, okay, I won the Super Bowl, but then look what I did to get to that Super Bowl. I was like, oh yeah, your playoff run was absolutely mad. <laughs> Flacco, out of all people. But yeah, he, he, they're going to have to do something. I think it i think it was a bit deeper than... Um, than McCarthy though. I think I, the the team doesn't play with any urgency. Cause when you're when you're when you're when you're a cowboys in Dallas, it's like being a Yankees in New York, right? Or you, do you know what I mean? It's like you're you you've kind of made it almost. That's kind of how like how they've played. Yeah I made it, I'm a cowboy now. So no one plays with urgency. People are just like there for shits and giggles. Like you think any of these players could play at like Jimmy Johnson era? They get turned out on the backside bro he was he, he was a strict mofo so, <laughs> well yeah so do you know what i mean it's like yeah they 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 really i i just don't think they fear anyone they need to have some fear of reproach or repercussions if they don't do what they do i don't think cowboys have that
1: cool so let's uh let's talk about NXT takeover 31 i thought it was uh, an outstanding show Every single match delivered. Um, I mean, the the opener, Damien Priest, Johnny Gargano.
0: Yeah, it was a great match with uh, Damien and uh, Johnny. Uh, Damien is already brilliant, but I think that match elevated him, if that makes sense, without being disrespectful for Damien Priest because he's, he's made it. But I think it gave another dimension to him because, you know, Johnny was giving him all he's got, even towards the end with that low blow and <clears throat> with the with the finisher, and still getting up from that, having him on the ropes and then just doing his finisher, just absolutely annihilated, god, god absolutely destroyed him. Uh, I thought, you know what, hats off, that was really really good. Um, so no, I, I liked it. I thought it was. Re- I thought it was. I thought the pace was fine. I thought it went on a tad a little bit too long. Um, but maybe that's just uh me with my short uh, attention span. Ironically, I can watch a whole game, football game, for three hours, but that match was a little bit like maybe because I already had it in in my mind that Priest is going to win, and you know there's nothing going to push me from that. So it's like, let me just get to it. But no, uh, and all in all and all, it was a great match. I liked it.
1: No, yeah, I mean, it, it is a typical um Triple H booked show. With the five matches, like each match probably got about a good ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. I think the main event got longer, but yeah, the point is that it was always going to be a bit long. I didn't have any problems with it being as long. I thought it was a an excellent opener. Johnny Takeover doing what he does. damien Priest looked really, really good. I think he's coming to his own in twenty twenty, and he's such a good champion. I like his gimmick. Everything about it was uh, a really good match. And then you had Kushida and uh, Patrick Clark, who uh, had a, a really good match. I mean, <laughs> I just wanted him to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and that is exactly what Kushida no. did. I mean, he might not be the biggest guy, but what Kushida does so well is that he, he wrestles like he's six six seven two hundred and fifty 250 pounds. Like he was just beating the shit out of Velveteen.
0: Kashida, he plays with a lot of intensity, or fights with a lot of intensity, should I say? And um, I love that about him. I mean, it's always a pleasure to see Velveteen get um knocked out. But um, in a way, and uh, that Kashida did it uh, methodically um, and intensely as he did in NXT was just a cherry on the cake for me.
1: Yeah, I th- I thought it was a, a something of a, a star making performance from him i think it was his first takeover singles match and to beat someone who is as established as uh, patrick clark i'm not gonna call him by his uh, gimmick name i'm gonna call him by his shoot name so yeah by beating someone who has kind of done so much in in nxt and had a lot of matches to kind of beat him so decisively i thought it was really really good I think WWE need to understand the kind of caliber of talent that they've got in Kushida. I think it's one of those where, yeah, Hunter needs to like wake up and smell the the coffee and 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 yeah, just you need to realize that the talent you have here, and you need to be putting him in more prominent positions. And I think they're kind of doing that. By having him feud with Tommaso Champo and nXt, so I think that's a good direction for Kashida to go in. I think those two beating the shit out of each other with that aggression is money, and Patrick Clark, I don't really give a damn about that fool. I mean, if he gets called up to the main roster, let him let him let him and his gimmick die because I think he's been off the boil for the longest, and this is not even without the allegations and accusations i think he's been off the boil for a long time i think the gimmick is wearing thin i think it's dying without a real audience to kind of feed off of i mean that was the thing about him was that he could feed off the the audience he can kind of do his little thing and kind of do that but if you don't have that then you then you can't really if, you, if you've got nothing to bounce off of then what are you going to do so it's one of those where yeah, I actually don't mind if he goes onto the main roster and just basically his gimmick dies a death and that would be such a shame. And then you had the cruiserweight match between Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Now, we both I think predicted a, a title change. I thought I thought for sure Swerve Scott was going to win. He didn't win. However, it was a brilliant match. I think it was probably one of the the, the best cruiserweight matches since The Division came back. Um, I think, um, yeah, it was probably the best I've seen in within NXT since uh, Angel Garza and Leo Rush. I think those two had some magnificent matches for the Cruiserweight title. But this one with these two, I thought it was really, really good. thought it put Swerve Scott on the map. I think a lot of people now can see just how damn good Santos Escobar is. And he's probably, yeah, the best Cruiserweight champion they've had Probably since Neville or Pac, probably the best cruiserweight champion they've had, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily mind that he retained the title, but um, yeah, that was really, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I was so sure that it was going to change as well because you know I just thought, well, something has to, and it, it nothing did. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just thought that, you know, they would have kind of mixed it up with, you know, NXT not really um, kind of being announced to be part of the draft. I would thought, well, if not being a part of the draft, Marvin and Emile do something within NXT just to shake something up. So at least that kind of has that type of refresh within itself as well. But no, no, no title change hand. And I've always imagined I thought this one did, um, would, but it didn't. Um, But I wasn't disappointed with the match at all. I thought it was great. Um, again, with all the points that I mentioned, um, Escobar is just a, an absolute banger at the moment, and um, yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's doing really, 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 really well
1: himself. I mean, it's one of those where I think I've said it before on the pod. It's like, I mean, Vince man's always kind of been like, well, I would love to find the next Rey Mysterio. I would love to find the next Eddie Guerra. but he's like, they got to speak English reason why Andrade's not getting pushed, reason why Angel Garza wasn't getting that much of a push, reason why um Humberto Carrillo is not really getting much push. It's like, okay, they don't speak English, fair enough. But this guy, Santos Escobar, he can speak perfect English. What's your excuse now? If this guy comes to your door, what is your excuse? He wrestles well. He's got a... I really like Legado del Fantasma, the group with um, him and... um Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, I really like them three. I really kind of like what they're doing and the direction they're going. Again, yeah, Santos Escobar, he's such a star. He could speak English, he could speak Spanish. I mean, really and truly, that's that's your man. Like that's the guy. Like you've been saying, oh well, I don't want to push a star from that part of the world because they can't speak English properly. And obviously, Calisto has got the personality and charisma of a peanut so he was never really going to get that push even though he's mad talented and he's crazy good but and again who's else is there lince dorado he's not mm, he's okay i mean Grand metalik dude is so amazing and they've not even kind of scratched the surface with him but with this guy i just feel like this is it
0: I mean, yeah, I think Escobar is really to be I'll go so far to say in regards to him being talented and being one of the best um cruiserweights, he's 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 up there with like Drew Gulak like, and Tony Nice. Really, in regards to being like dominant uh, in a dominating fashion. Um not in regards to talent wise, uh but in regards to dominating fashion, I think he's he's up there.
1: Then we had the women's match, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. I thought this was excellent again. I think Io Shirai is comfortably the best women's wrestler in the business today. I don't think anybody touches Io when she's on form and when she's really like on song. I think Candice LeRae is so, so good. Like it's come on, like WWE are sitting on a gold mine here. Obviously, she's a heel now and she does that well poison pixie i like that gimmick she can be a baby face as well and kind of get, garner that sort of sympathy about her i thought that yeah this match was really really good johnny gargano wearing the referee shirt coming out when he's like i'm the referee you get out and the referee's like get out of here no you get out of here and he's like bumping around like rick flair i thought that was hilarious where he's yeah just on the floor like he couldn't believe it when he's like Doing the fast count and then she kicks out and then he's you know outside bumping like Ric Flair. Is is I thought that was hilarious, but yeah, the the match was was really really good, and yeah, this is like the 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 standard of, of of women's wrestling in NXT. It's just, I mean, this is why they've got the best women's division in any promotion, really.
0: Well, I was just about to say that. Like, it's really, it's just such an indictment of how sad it is for. For Raw and SmackDowns wrestling, like the more you watch women's wrestling at NXT, the more you feel sorry of how of how much of a sad state women's wrestling is in uh, in in Raw and SmackDown. It's just it's it's dreadful. But um, yeah, this match was brilliant, um, and I really really enjoyed it. To be honest with you, uh, it it's just yeah. wow yeah Raw spot. I really need to sort it out
1: yeah and then we had the return of first Tony Storm and then the mystery person who was on the bike it was Ember Moon what I was going to say about Ember and Tony coming back I mean it's great I love Tony Storm I love Ember Moon I think they're both going to be really good for NXT but I just kind of felt like it overshadowed Ember Moon's comeback because it's like okay, if Tony Storm's coming back, why don't you just save that for Wednesday? Do something there. Don't do it when you know that Ember Moon's going to be the person coming out with the bike and whatnot. Like, you know, chill. Like, just kind of do it on birthdays. But that's nitpicking for me. But yeah, obviously, it's great for them. We had the main event, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. And I thought this was just, ooh, this is a world title, world title class main event this this is there was no match there was no match at clash of champions that beat that match. not even close
0: no it didn't come close to that
1: yeah like this was just like i think and like finn being back in nxt has been really good because it kind of just like he had to remind people who the hell i am like he had to remind people this is me I'm Prince fucking Devitt. Like, I'm the one who built that New Japan Junior Heavyweights and put it on the map. I'm the one that revived, you know, that made pro wrestling cool with Bullet Club. Like, this is me. You know what I mean? And, he, and, and I think this NXT run has just been, he's had excellent, excellent matches. And it's one of those where he's kind of elevated his game to a completely new stratosphere. Like, the wrestling in this was great. The storytelling was great. Like, Kyle was selling his, uh, the liver shot. You obviously, I think, had Finn Balor who broke his jaw as well. So, it was one of those where they were both dealing with legit injuries. And it's one of those where it was such a, a great, great, great main event. Such a good match. And I'm so glad, like, Kyle O'Reilly is going to get something of a singles push or singles run. Because, I mean, he's a a phenomenal tag team wrestler with Bobby Fish, Red Dragon. I love them. But obviously, when he went on his own as well, when he was multiple times champion in Ring of Honor, like he was such a good singles guy as well. And if he's going to get a chance to showcase that very much as a babyface, then I'm here for it, man.
0: Yeah, I think that's the trajectory of where it's going right now, isn't it? Is um and I'm I'm not gonna complain. I do love Undisputed. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but you know I I trust uh Triple H and the creatives behind NXT, um to yeah to 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 figure out how to make this a success despite breaking up something that's a success. If that makes sense.
1: Initially, because obviously you saw at the end with Ridge Holland carrying Adam Cole, lifeless body because you know like with nxt they always have the little thing at the bottom where you think oh the show's over but it's nxt you know and that comes up something and a big angle is happening you know and that little thing comes out at the end the little um display whatever you know there's an angle coming up and then you see rich holland carrying adam cole's body and then you see bobby fish and Roderick strong coming in going what the hell what the hell happened? Mm, what did happen? Why weren't all three of you watching the match together? Where the hell were you two?
0: Yeah. I think that's what I think that's what's gonna make it like, yo, you guys are not serious. Like, fuck y'all. Yo. You, you didn't have my back. So why should I go? And then they just like, yeah. I think that's probably how it may lead to.
1: I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think Ridge Holland may have got injured on yesterday's NXT and they were holding up the X sign. I think he may have like... I saw like pictures of him like with the thumbs up being stretched out. So I think he may be injured, which is such a shame because it looks like that he was set for a push. It looked like he was set for a big, big push. He was going to be in the middle of this potential undisputed breakup angle and... The what I would have thought was I think maybe Roderick and Bobby Fish set Ridge Holland on Adam Cole, but I don't know what's gonna happen now. I think I I mean I'm not I don't know for sure how serious the injury is, but it, it looked it looked pretty bad. I think once someone was saying that the ref held up the X sign for him as well. But yeah, I mean because he's from the UK as well, I think they were gonna give him a massive massive push. It it looked like, but I don't know. I hope I hope the injury is not serious. Here's a fun
0: segment for NFL. It is our NFL 4 for 4. Right so what does that mean? So at the you know each quarter of the season, the first, middle and end, we'll recap or we'll give some projections or some thoughts on who we think uh, or what we think on a certain particular question. Um, So, four weeks have gone, and we've got four questions for both ourselves. And the first question is on our 444 is, biggest pleasant surprise so
1: far? I'm going to say the LA Chargers. Okay. I think they look a lot better than I gave them credit for. I think uh, the rookie quarterback, um, Herbert. I think he looks, uh, he looks really good. I mean, he kind of got into a shootout with Tom Brady, and then he woke up and realized he was in a shootout with Tom Brady. And I think in the end, it kind of got out of out of hand for him a little bit. But yeah, they 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 look really good. They they look, I don't know, like the uh, the AFC West kind of looks like a, a strong division all of a sudden now. I think the Chargers look good. The Chiefs, obviously, and then you've got um, the Raiders. So it's one of those where, like, where the hell does that division come from? I don't know where, but, like, you know, they, they look really good, and they... I don't know, yeah, they the Chargers, for me, I think they've kind of come out the gate, and they've kind of... They played really well against the Chiefs. Lost to a, a last-minute field goal, so... Gave them all that they can handle, so... Yeah, I'm going to say the uh, Los Angeles Chargers.
0: Uh, Me, personally, I would say uh, the season. (laughs) It's the most pleasant surprise, if I'll be honest with you. Oh, come on. 64 games. The season. The season. Look, we had one of the biggest pandemics, right, known to man happen, right? Everything shut down. and And professional sports having to... Either uh, just say, fuck it, we can't do it, or drink something out of the bat and to do something. With NBA, they came out with a bubble, which was such a great thing. But with NFL, especially for us football fans, we're like, how the hell are they going to do it? Each team has 100 minimum, right? Offense, defense, special teams, uh, uh, coaches, and medical staff. It's just not going to happen. And yet... So far, out of the six to four games that I've played, only one has been postponed to a later date. So that is uh, that's a testament that the NFL are actually doing really, really well. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot more bumpier. I was the the main one vocal in that WhatsApp group. Like, trust me, this is going to be a disaster. Um, and I know we've we've uh, we've almost you know we had a a big crisis with the Titans. Um, and yes, you know, as, you know, the injuries are a bad thing because there have been a lot of injuries. But I mean, that's got nothing to do with COVID. That's just a, a fat, an unfortunate fact of life when it comes to football. Um, but with the world fighting the pandemic um, and to say that the NFL could pull this off. Uh, yeah, I, I had my doubts. Um, yeah, we still have a long way to go. But for the way that it's doing so far, the NFL are doing an awesome job.
1: Man, you better not come up with some trippy ass cop out for the next quarter. You know what are you talking about? How's that be- cop out? You, me- you better give me something real. About-
0: so that's not real. Coronavirus is a myth.
1: Of course it's not. Okay, but the what point happened, is, who
0: what happened to the Pats? Man, never go and lose with come on. Cam anyway. Come on.
1: Shit. Come on. She, like, they no weren't going to beat the Patriots in, no one going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, even with a, a full strength team. 100 plus
0: roster teams are playing weekly and they're going back to their families as well. They ain't in a bubble and they're still managing to keep that shit locked. With minimum That's infection.
1: A, yeah, that but is, I wasn't expecting something like that. That is the mother of cop-outs. I was expecting you to name a team, why? to name a player. Why does that have, What do you mean, because why? It, because that is... No. The way the question is worded, I would have felt that the premise would have been, yeah, to give me an example biggest of pleasant a, surprise a player or a team.
0: So far. NFL The 4-4. season. The season. That's the biggest pleasant surprise for NFL, for NFL is the season boldest statement. Oh, okay, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with this. Boldest statement so far for the uh, for for in the NFL Bengals will go to the playoffs. I I'm loving, I'm loving Joe Burrow. I'm loving Joe Burrow. I'm loving Joe Burrow. I've never had love for Bengals, never had love for LSU, but I'm loving joe burrow he's he he's got some dog in him. I just think the 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 fight that Burrow has in him and the ways that he finds to win and just his very just his humble approach and just learning the game and always applying and like i'm and I'm even looking at Mic'd up and just the way how he's analyzing the plays I'm, i he's a he's a true
1: leader man and um well he's a winner isn't he like the winningest in uh College history or something like that, like the winningest quarterback. Bengals,
0: wild card. What's your boldest? What's your boldest statement?
1: Okay, so initially, at my boldest statement of the season was when the Chiefs basically went into the home of the MVP, and Mahomes just basically just took a dump on the Ravens, and then when he's doing the celebration, he's like, "You're crazy." Like he's doing, like yeah, yeah, fourth best yeah, player yeah. <laughs> in the league. Me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now watch me do this. And just like, bang! There you go. Have some of that. Um. Okay. Now I'm 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 on a bit of a roll here, ain't I? Because uh, I did predict that the Browns would uh, whoop the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think that. I don't think there is going to be anything unpredictable. I don't. I think it's going to be. The Chiefs are going to be the number one seed. Get through them. If you can.
0: If you know about NFL, it is about unpredictability, mate. You know
1: that. I, 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 I just, I mean, what I've seen so far in this first sort of quarter of games, I think, I mean, I don't care. Sod it. My Falcons... My Falcons will turn it around this season and we will make the playoffs. How's that for the <laughs> Okay. Yeah, see. I'm loving that bowl statement. Good. We're making the playoffs, <laughs> baby. I mean, our next five games are winnable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, to
1: a metric to the metric standard anyway. Not in real terms. In in terms of metric, it's very winnable. I think yeah. we pay the Panthers twice. <laughs> yeah. I think we're paying the Broncos. Hey,
0: don't sleep on the Panthers now. Let's see for the Panthers. You see what they did to the Cardinals. Cheers.
1: Let's see for I'm not right. scared of no damn Panthers. And that's what they... That was up. we whooped that ass every week. Even with a run CMC, we we still whooped that ass. And the Bridgewater singing it
0: for you, all man. Singing it for them. Singing it for them. But the yeah,
1: Panthers. that's there's my bold statement. At 0 four, we're gonna turn it around and make the playoffs.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, most improved player. Um I'm gonna have to take a dolphin for this and I'm gonna say Mike Gazeki.
1: Gazeki is playing
0: Baller, mate,
1: for as a tight end. Uh my most improved player is Derek Carr. Because I, I think he's I think he started the season pretty well. I thought he showed me something on uh, the Monday night game against the uh, the Saints under the lights. Yeah, I think I think the Raiders have, have, have started the season reasonably well. Lost uh, two close matches to uh, the Patriots, and who did they lose to? The Bills, didn't they? After the Bills, lost. So yeah, yeah, two close games. Yeah, like Derek, Derek Carr, he's he's improving because obviously, I feel like he's been in the league forever and he hasn't broken out of the middle of the pack. But this season, I think he's yeah, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Like you're 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 smashing it, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Like even just the difference from when uh, <clears throat> when it was in London and they were playing, and I'm looking at the difference to how he is now, and uh, he's really got that fire lit up on his ass. So yeah, uh, that's a good, that's good. Uh, MVP so far. I think this is unanimous, right? Um, so so you're not picking Russell Wilson?
1: No, I'm picking my homeboy. Oh come on, I'm picking my homeboy.
0: Russell Wilson is definitely the MVP right now, and it's not even close.
1: What are you right? talking not... about? It's not even close. Are you Russell not watching Wilson... Patrick Mahomes? Russell Wilson's been sacked. He's been picked. He's been yeah. He's things. He's he's done well. Don't get me wrong. And I'm I'm gonna let him finish. I'm gonna let you finish, Russ Wilson. I'm gonna let you finish. You're 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 dope, bro. Like you're uh, you get two thumbs up from me, but. If I had three thumbs down, Mahomes would be getting all three thumbs up. Like he's just—he is the best player in the league by a country, not by a country market. But he's the best player in the league for me, and I think he's incredibly valuable. You put Mahomes in in lots of other teams, then they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. That's how good he is, and.
0: Yeah, no, nah, uh, it's definitely it's definitely uh, Russell Wilson for me. I think he's absolutely balling, um, and he's so underrated. It's ridiculous how underrated Russell Wilson is, right? He still gets left out of the conversations when it comes to MVPs and and the best. And they'll say, yeah, he, he may be top five, but he's never within the one or two. I think he's be- he's playing better than Lamar Jackson at the moment. Uh, with Mahomes, Mahomes is on his own level. So um I think that's a safe answer but I don't think it's the correct answer. I think uh what's the Russell safe Russell, answer mahomes? Mahomes, yeah. It's a safe that's answer. It's not a safe answer he's, at all. He's reigning Super Bowl MVP. He's reigning Super Bowl champ. Yeah, let's just give it to Mahomes it's it's easy. It's easy. But if we look at if we look at who's actually playing, uh Russell's never struggled in any of the games so far. Mahomes has against Pats yeah, he, he didn't score for a touchdown in the first quarter against Chargers. It kind of seemed a little bit ho hum. Friggin' Herbert,
1: Herbert was was dropping bombs on. Well, G's. if, if so, that Prescott f- didn't throw a pick in the end zone, that would have been a completely different game. So you could say the same about Russell Wilson. On the first snap against the Falcons, he was sacked, so he struggled. Nah, it wasn't. It wasn't no It wasn't. It wasn't. It
0: wasn't to the wire. It wasn't to the wire.
1: I didn't think the Seagulls looked particularly great against your old Dolphins last week. I thought, I thought they struggled a, uh, a bit. I think there's a reason why, and you talk about Mahomes, who he's played. He's had to play the Houston Texans, a team he played in the playoffs last year. He had to play away to the Ravens with the league MVP and he put out a statement
0: performance. He's Mahomes and I love my homes, so it's not like I'm trying to trash Mahomes. I love my homes, so it's killing me doing this. But he's played he's played who? Zero and four? The who's the Texans, who we're gonna get into later on. What are you he's talking
1: played, about? He's played, he's played zero and four. They were zero and four when they played first he, game. He
0: played he played who? Chargers? Yeah. Um and who? Pat led by Hoy the Destroyer. So and even then, led with Hoy the destroyer, Pat Steve to run the clock. So I'm not saying that Mahomes isn't boring. Mahomes is the best player of the league. And I will absolutely uh attest to that. But in regards to most valuable player, I just think it's who who who, who which whichever team looks to the quarterback, I think it's more so Seahawks looking towards Russ than Chiefs looking towards um, looking towards uh, uh, Mahomes. Because you've got a lot of game changers in Chiefs, more than you have on uh, Seahawks. You've got Honey Badger, game changer. You've got Kelsey, game changer. Hill, game changer. Mah- Mahomes is still the best player on that team, but like if Mahomes wasn't playing, Chiefs wouldn't lose. If Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson didn't play, Hawks are losing for definite fun.
1: That's 100% guaranteed. But if you take them out of the picture and it's like a third of 15 and Mahomes runs 20 yards for the first down, considering how the league is today, whoever their backup quarterback is, I don't think can do what Mahomes can do. And I think what separates Mahomes, for me, from Wilson and every other quarterback is that he knows how to win ugly. He doesn't have to be the, the the best team. He just does what it needs to be done to win. Obviously, you're talking about games where the Chiefs were really, really close and it looked like it looked nip and tuck. So the Patriots and uh, the Chargers. You, you put in Brian Hoyer in those situations. That fool will be throwing picks like it's out of fashion. So it's one of those where Mahomes can turn possible defeat into victory, do what you need to do to win.
0: Uh, You don't need to do what Mahomes can do to win the team if you've got still other game changers in your team. That's what I mean. Um, You just have to be a decent enough QB to give it to those weapons and those weapons will do the job. But, if I, but for Hawks, if they didn't have Russell Wilson, whichever one is stepping up to be a game changer for that. No one, mate. <laughs> no one at all. No, one, no, no one at all. yeah, that is our four for four segment. What have you got for us next?
1: Um. So we had Mustafa Ali joining Retribution. So yeah, Mustafa Ali shocked WWE Universe when he turned his back on the Hurt business and joined forces with Retribution. And it appears that he may be leading this faction moving forward. So, do you think this is a good move for Ali? Okay, I want to put a caveat out there
0: that I love Ali. I love Ali. I think he's really, really uh, great when he came out um, You know, last year. And I didn't understand those promos that he was doing before this little hiatus, can you remember? Like, he was outside and he was just trying to I don't understand what that was about. But before he was doing that, before when they actually found something for him to do and he was in matches, generally in matches, he was born and I, lo- I loved him. Um, but honestly, I don't know if this does it for me. I, I don't want to write it off, but I don't know what it re My first reaction when I saw it, when he was coming out after he was fighting MVP, and he was coming out, and then and then he like turned like, "Yeah, I'm one of them." My first reaction was just to laugh, so that's not a good sign. All right, usually it's like, ooh, shit, whoa, okay," but that wasn't it. It was just, "What are you doing?" That was my first reaction because why? Like, I understand for some of the reasons that people have said, right? Uh, they're throwing it out there that he was disgruntled, being thrown aside when Kofi had a title and whatnot. But that doesn't make sense to bring something. And I know that WWE does like kind of like to bring real things into kayfabe. But in, in regards to this instance, it doesn't make sense to bring that into the storyline. So that's t- quickly scrapped from me. The other side was that, you know, it could be a way to tie in, um, you know, being the SmackDown hacker, which I could see. Personally, but honestly, if I think it'll be a little bit better uh, than, if I'm looking at it now, it's better than the whole, well, they signed us because it was cheaper than the medical bills for security and all of that shit, when the whole goal was to break it down and not get a job. This way, at least they got the job to protect Ali, I guess. I don't know. Not great. A little bit better, but nothing that I'm overly excited about, to be honest. But like I said, it's something I'll be patient. It's, it's it, it doesn't blow my socks off. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
1: Well, I mean, Retribution stink. I don't think they could stink any more. So this move for Ali, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to see where it goes. Ali's a good talker. He's a very good talker. So now he's going to be in a position where he's going to be talking a lot. So they're clearly not going to put him back in uh, catering. So this is a a test, really, for Ali to kind of show what he can do. and, 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 And I hope that he can kind of do that. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I think if they tie it into other things, like him being the hacker, then... Or him being disgruntled about Kofi getting the title shot. Sure, I think that would be a good thing because it kind of shows that WWE are paying attention to their past and they are paying attention to their own product. Because WWE, like, they like to make us forget. They like to make us forget that certain things happened or certain things didn't happen. Like, for example, Rusev and, 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 I mean, Lana and Bobby Lashley. I'm sure they want us to forget that ever, ever happened. That whole mess with those two. Uh,
0: you know, I I've still not forgotten May, May Young giving birth to a hand. So.
1: So there's things like that where yeah, Vince will kind of m- be like, well, you know, it's it's it never happened. So uh, it's one of those things, but I think if it's yeah, if they're using that and kind of doing consistent storyline telling in that respect, then uh I'm all for it. And I'm actually yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this. Let's let's see where it goes. Can't get any worse. That's for sure.
0: No, yeah, you're right. And like I said, it's it's something I'm made to be patient on. The the good thing about it is they're giving Ali a, a, a break, right? <clears throat> They they're they're saying okay yeah. you, you've you've got some airtime and that's that's the good thing about it whether it's convincing or not whether it's something that I uh, <laughs> whether I brought into it or not no I'm not brought into it but I'm glad that it's happening for him I'm happy for him um, but yeah it's 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 I'm gonna have to wait a couple of more weeks before I before I make a decision on whether this is a great move or not Chief. Okay, so on Monday, the Houston Texans let go of their head coach NGM Bill O'Brien after seven seasons. Houston once again lost to the Vikings, making it their first 0-4 start to the season, making it too much for the ownership to bear. O'Brien leaves a legacy of five winning seasons, four division titles for the Texans. Was this a right move for the Texans going forward?
1: Oh, wow. I mean, I read I read uh, somewhere that J.J. Watt basically told him what for, had a massive row with Bill O'Brien and basically told him that he was uh, a poor excuse for a coach and you're not fit enough to be a coach at this level. The question for me begs is who in the Falcons locker room is doing that with Dan Quinn? Seriously. I'm actually glad that J.J. Watt called him out on this and I'm not saying that it contributed to him losing his job, but if something like this is happening where players are fed up and players are frustrated of the direction of their team, then they feel like they need to speak out. And I think that's what JJ Watt did. I think it's definitely the right thing to do to fire him. They had to make a change. Something isn't clearly right. They've got good players, but they're just not being coached well they've been badly coached. I mean Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. Will Fuller, David Johnson, those are good weapons to have. Obviously whoever got rid of um DeAndre Hopkins, that's a a sackable offense and all. But I think they still have good players in that team. They just need a better coach and what better coach than the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chief, Eric Bieniemy, I think he. I think it's time for him to have a, a job. I think he's kind of earned it. He's kind of paid his dues, done a a wonderful job with uh, the the Chiefs offense. He's black, so he ticks all the boxes for me. So I I think he should be considered.
0: Yeah, um, wholeheartedly agree with. What you just said, Abs. Um, Was this the right move for the Texans? Absolutely. Um, You know, this is such a long time coming. You know, with all due respect to O'Brien, who I'm sure is a nice guy. Um, um, And from his legacy, it shows he's probably, you know, he was a good coach as well. He was an okay coach, right? Four division titles, a 62-48 record. That's not bad. However, he was a terrible GM. And he was trending to be a terrible coach as well, right? He traded D- uh, Davian Clowney for a third-round pick, Dwayne Brown, who's a premier left tackle. Traded him to Seattle because he had a gripe with him about him saying he didn't like about uh, you know prisoners leaving the prison and whatnot. And so you traded to the Seahawks, and now you're lose. You've you are you have you have not got a left tackle anymore. So what do you do? You trade for two first and two first rounds and a second for Larry Mutunsel without signing them onto a contract. That's premier clown shit, fam. That's stupid. What are you doing? You completely gave away all your draft future and then you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and David Johnson. You pay Tunsell way over market. You pay Randall Cobb way over market because you're desperate as fuck now because you've got no one. And he was up 24 to 0 in the division game and still didn't lead at halftime. So yeah, um you know, it was the right time to go. He's left Texans now with no draft capital, most expensive roster in the league and they're 0-4. Exactly the same status as the Jets. It, it, there has to be there has to be a change. How can there not be a change? And yeah, uh, just with the sources, it was JJ that called him out, you know, and I think ownership, listened. like, well, shit, okay, if JJ Watt is saying that, then look, we need to do something about it, because can't can't continue to be like that. And I think, even though you kind of doubt this, I, was, I think that is probably what started it. I think JJ calling him out on the practice field, and this was the week for the Steelers versus Houston's game, I think that's what actually got the ears pricked up to go, oh, shit, okay. Okay, maybe maybe we should listen to the players, and uh, it kind of, you know, escalated, spiraled out into a player revolt, and uh, the owners like, well, yeah, on your Jack Jones, um, and that's it, really. Who, who, which, which, which player have you got for that for the Falcons? I, I don't know, man. I don't know who who is your leader. Is it is it Matt Ryan? Is 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 anyone? Does anyone listen to Matt Ryan? Because it's not always that the quarterback is the leader. Because J.J. Watt is the leader for for, 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 for Texans, without a doubt, right? Uh, just like how uh, Aaron Donald is a leader for Rams. It ain't Jared Goff, right? And that's just how it is sometimes. It's not always that the quarterback is the leader of the team. Um, so, um, you know, it's good that they had J.J. Watt to be able to do that because they needed to make some changes first. Um Whoever whoever takes that is has got an uphill battle on their hands. But um, saying that, um, and I full full uh, echo with you, uh, Eric, you know AEB should be should have that job. If he doesn't have a job, because there'll be a lot of jobs that will be, you know, I, I I foresee Gase to be doing one. All right, uh, maybe Patricia, because he's already got a record that the last coach had before him that got him sacked. So maybe Patricia uh for, for the Lions. So I, I, I see a lot of job openings that will that will open up either before the end of the season or in the off season. And E B should be having one of those jobs. And if he doesn't, then heads are gonna roll. Because all of this we need to start racism out and we need to be inclusive. What what does it mean if you're not even getting more inclusive with uh, with roles. So yeah. Uh it was a it was a uh, a right move and uh let's hope uh we make some good moves for uh for, for coaches in the future.
1: Yep, so the WWE draft, it's that time of the year again when the WWE Superstars will be available to be drafted to Raw or SmackDown. It's unclear whether NXT are gonna be involved, but I do sense that there might be one or two who get called up to Raw and it's SmackDown. So uh, let's talk about some uh, thoughts of this and predictions.
0: Uh, I mean, as pessimistic as I am about Raw, I am excited about the draft. Generally, because I just love change anyway, or like anything, whether it's a, sh- a shake-up, uh, the rumble, money in the bank. It just shows fresh opportunity. However, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just—I don't know. Maybe I'm just naturally uh, pessimistic, or WWE have got him to that stage. But the last time I've had something that represents even a sliver of fresh opportunity, bar Money in the Bank uh, and Rumble, was the Wild Card. The infamous wild card. And what a whole steaming pile of shit that was.
1: Yeah? So, <laughs> um... Oh, is this where, um, you're allowed to be on... If you're players. a Raw superstar, you're allowed to go <laughs> Smackdown, <laughs> like, four times three, a year yeah, or something. Three, three oh, players, yeah. three,
0: three superstars who could just randomly turn up and it just became absolute dog shit and it just didn't make any sense. Yeah? So like there's no proof to say that it's going to have the same integrity of a uh, of a leaf in the wind like the wild card had that the draft will have but uh, it, it it's just something to keep in mind um i i, I see i see uh, Strowman going back to raw uh even though he's kind of in underground so Maybe they've kind of made that decision anyway. I don't fucking know, but he's a, he he is <laughs> officially <laughs> on SmackDown. So like, we could just put that one in the bud that he's gonna go back to Raw. Um I can see uh again, AJ's going back and forth. So is AJ going to is AJ going to SmackDown or is he gonna stay on Raw? Um Well
1: AJ's a SmackDown guy now. He's a
0: Smackdown guy now, yeah. I think he's going too raw, personally.
1: He wants to watch his kids play football. Right, yeah.
0: So, so let him watch his kids play on what Wednesdays and Fridays or something like that, right? Um and then you've you got Carmella as well coming up with her announcement shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so What was her announcement? Well, you know, just oh I'm sick of being uh, what you want me to be. I'm going to be who I want to be. I mean, and all oh, that, that yeah. vignette. vignette. Yeah, oh, yeah, that
1: yeah. vignette of... Uh... <laughs> so... Well, she won't because Corey's on SmackDown. <laughs> so... yeah, no. You know, I don't want to see. Do you remember, I think, last year they were doing the whole War Room gimmick where they had people like pretending to be on the phone and they put the phone there and they're going, Yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! I don't want that. that. No I don't no want shit. that. And you had you what had the freaking Fox Megatron <laughs> as well. What do you think? Yeah, you the
0: SmackDown War Room and the Raw War Room, and like, yeah, we've got him, guys. We've got him.
1: <laughs> like nobody cares. Like, you can even see like when they're having the NFL on on Sundays, and you have like the guy going, "Oh, catch Friday Night SmackDown only on Fox." And he'd be like, um, so Troy, who's your favorite current WWE superstar? Oh, I tell you what, I loved Andre the Giant and I love, <laughs> yeah, and I love Ultimate Warrior. And it's like, <laughs> can you name superstars who are alive?
0: Give me strength. Why does that always happen? Do they, do they no, they're watching it now?
1: Uh, but uh, yeah, I, t- I tell you what, I, I really love that Ric Flair, I think he's great, and uh. My favorite wrestler has to be Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream.
0: Yeah, and if they really want to get hip, to go, whoa! I mean, I mean, but look at about what all the cool kids are watching now. The Rock, huh? The Rock is pretty good and, uh, in movies. I'm like, yeah, you just you, you, It's clear you're not watching it. So, look, what I'm looking forward to is the frigging is the is the uh, is the draft episode for SmackDown. That looks stacked, fam. All right, you got what Sasha versus. Well from from uh Word for the Grapevine, you have got um, Sasha versus Bailey happening. You've got uh Seamus versus Big E, false count anywhere, and uh K O versus the Fiend.
1: Bailey and Sasha is not happening. They're not gonna give that for free. That's not happening. They're not gonna give that for free. These these
0: are, these are from these are these are these are from reliable sources. These are from reliable sources,
1: so you know WWE they're just going to do some disqualification or it's not going to happen. Bailey's going to be like, "I'm going to face you, but not tonight." <laughs> i i I bet you anything that Sasha Bailey match is not happening
0: yeah i, I think i think it I think it will uh, well, I don't know that's what's worth for the great man for rep- reputable sources. Sheamus his's first biggie. Force count anywhere, and of course, KO versus the Fiend, which I'm looking forward to the most because um, and it's just because we are pushed for time we didn't, we didn't even manage to speak about that. But this uh, with the Fiend and Kevin Owens at the moment is really ramping up.
1: Yeah, I don't care.
0: I'm enjoying it. Really?
1: I'm. I'm fucking care. enjoying I could, it. Man. I couldn't care less. How are you not enjoying it? I could What's not. I could not care less. To be oh, honest. I'm not yeah, the fiend is the fiend. Whatever. You've never liked the fiend? I mean, I did, but it's like when it gets to the big match. What's he what is they used to call him? Eater of pins, yeah. Instead of eater of worlds. He's the eater of pins. When it matters the most, he will just take the pin and he'll lose. No, 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 no. I mean, he's 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 whatever. The fiend is great sometimes. I like I like Firefly Flunhouse. I like Rambling Rabbit. He's my favorite. Hey, dude! Hey, Seth, dude! You better run! You better run, dude! The Fiend is coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I love the Fiend.
0: How, how, how are you loving storylines like Roman Reigns, and then you've got other top-notch storylines like the Fiend, and you're like, "No, nah, I'm not bothered." That don't make no sense to me whatsoever. Because yeah, um, oh. um,
1: The Fiend is whatever for me. Yeah. What is it?
0: Just lost, lost your, lost the novelty for you now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. At first, when it came, you was gassed, and now you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but you know, sometimes I'll sit and watch Fire Funhouse and have a little giggle, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say?
0: Well, Daniel, Shit. Yeah, played. he had, he, had, he hadn't fought in a match for how many months now, and he's only been. And that's Peyton. another thing
1: as well. He's not very good in the ring. Bray Wyatt isn't very good in the ring. That's another thing. Like the build up would be great. There's a lot of good promos, a lot of good angles and creepy stuff. But like when it comes down to like the wrestling, more often than not, it is a load of tripe. I don't know if I agree with you. I
0: don't know if I agree with you.
1: I can, kind of, like, I can count with one hand like the good matches that, the, that Bray Wyatt and The Fiend have had. One hand. That's it. Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. At WrestleMania. That were not all that. His matches with Daniel Bryan were good. That's it. His matches with Darren Bryan were sick. The Seth Rollins matches were awful. The Braun Strowman matches were awful. The John Cena matches weren't anything special. When he had his matches with Roman Reigns, they weren't special. Obviously, with Goldberg, that wasn't any good. Obviously, that wasn't any good. But, uh, nah. I'm... Obviously, he's a creative mind, and he's great. Like, creatively, he's... You can bounce off ideas, and you know, obviously, he's the son of uh, Mike Rotunda, the IRS. So, like, obviously he's got a, 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 a flair and a mind for this business. But, yeah, like, when it just comes down to that big payoff match, more often than not, it bombs. And, yeah, there's nothing in this KO thing that I'm looking at thinking, hmm. Well,
0: I'll... that's a thing. That's a different But, Did you like, so did you like the match at Clash of Champions, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso?
1: I loved it. It was great. In every facet of it. The wrestling was good. There wasn't anything that was... The wrestling was fine. The wrestling there
0: was, the was, was not nothing wrong with it. Huh? The There was nothing uh, wrong with it. Huh? There was nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with The Fiend in these matches. It's just yes, not exciting.
1: It's shit. It's shit. So it I'm, watching, bit... I'm like end this match already. But I'm not watching the Roman Reigns. J-U's are thinking end this match already. Damn it. I'm watching Roman Reigns. Jeyus like Roman Reigns is a good wrestler jay uso is a good wrestler they're two good workers okay they're not going to have a they're not going to have a 30 minute chain wrestling match that's not going to happen but it's good enough where they can sort of work a, a main event match whereas every time i've seen him in a main event match or even any kind of standard of match it's the standard of match it's just it's not good there's a disconnect Whereas with Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, there wasn't a disconnect at all. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying this is some kind of, you know, New Japan Okada Tanahashi five star extravaganza. Of course not, but it was passable enough to where I can watch it and think, yeah, this is good, this is fine.
0: I don't know. I just if if the story is so good, um, it can make up for the lack of because Clash of Champions match wasn't great at all. But I didn't mind because the story was on point. And the same thing with The Fiend. Whatever he's involved in, it doesn't bother me because the story is on point. The wrestling doesn't need to kind of be amazing, high-flying, knock my socks off if the story is on good. that's
1: Any NXT guys you think that might get called up?
0: Well, I mean, they're not being mentioned, have they? So I, I have all reason to believe that nothing's gonna, no one's going to be called up.
1: I think Rhea could be going to the main roster. Okay. I think she... To go to the main roster at this point now if you're not gonna if you're not gonna have her face EO and beat her then she's wasting her time on that on on nxt to, to be honest and i would call her up because she's more than good enough she's more than ready i think she's one of those where she's just she's magnificent if you just kind of give her the time and the and the space I think Patrick Clark could get called up as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that's about it. I can't really think of anybody else who I would call up from NXT, actually.
0: <clears throat>
1: mm. Yeah, whatever. I'm 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 yeah. Ideally none of them will get called up and they'll stay in NXT forever. But I do think maybe one or two might um might go up.
0: Other news in NFL. So we have uh, four in other news topics. The first one is Stefan Gilmore getting COVID-19. Really unfortunate news.
1: Just self-isolate and you'll be alright, I guess.
0: Oh, well, it was a bit weird for me because once they did Cam and they said, yeah, Cam is... And they had everyone in a separate plane with Cam and his bubble and then everyone else on another plane to go to the Chiefs game. And then they tested... Stefan, after the game, after the game, so he meets up with <laughs> Mahomes, so it shows you that <laughs> checkers playing chess, not checkers. Uh, but that, uh, jokes aside. Um...
1: If he's a carrier, then he won't be able to spread it to Mahomes. That's how weird this corona works. Like, if he's a carrier and he's got antibodies, then there's a chance that he won't pass it to Mahomes at all. Whereas if he's asymptomatic and he happens to have the Rona and he passed it on to Mahomes, then that is where the, the 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 issue will come and that's where Mahomes could then pass it to someone else and so on and so forth. But it's one of those weird things, coronavirus. Yeah,
0: but um uh, thankfully um uh, Paddy, Paddy boy, did po- um uh, t- test negative um after the game and throughout the week. So um, you know, chiefs are being cleared to practice in a week and they're going to have their next game uh, on Sunday I believe so yeah Uh, Brett Favre said Josh Allen will be the next Tom Brady. if he means he could be the next one dominating the NFC East uh, I mean depending if two are tanks or not then yeah he has a point because what you've only got he
1: better not tank
0: Y'all, y'all don't wasted a whole damn season trying to get sure Sure shit telling me he better not tank. Shit. Of course not. You think we're what we think you think we're looking to go you think we're looking to go four and eleven just just for to for Tua to come on there and bottle it. No, I no. Yeah, Allen is a Allen is a bowler. Uh, Josh Allen is a baller. Um but if he's talking about his style of playing then no, he's nowhere near like Brady whatsoever. You know who Alan is more like <laughs> Favre, right? He's got a freaking cannon, and he is more versatile, and he makes these runs where he almost doesn't make it, right? Just like Favre. So yeah, <coughs> I think uh, I think he's more like Favre, not like Tom Brady. But he could dominate the AFC East for the next ten years. Um, I hope I hope to. Uh, um, how's it saying that though? We all hoping, aren't we? Aaron Rodgers saying uh, his worst year is better than most QBs' <laughs> best year.
1: I, yo, he's coming out like all guns blazing this year. Who pissed him off? Management. Who the pissed draft... Aaron Rodgers off? Jordan Love, fam. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably looking at Dylan going, You still here? He's probably there with his clipboard going, Oh hey Aaron Rodgers, sir. do you mind if I shadow you for the next few weeks to see what you do? It's like you still here? Like go carry my bags or something. Make yourself useful. I love the uh, I love the response. Look,
0: <clears throat> you have uh trash trolls online and fake heads constantly talking about how bad. And how good they are, right? Constantly on the internet, it's okay for a legend like uh, Aaron Rodgers to to pat himself on the back once or twice and go, you know what, I'm, I am I am good. So I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm not gonna come out with the I'm, I'm I don't give a shit about if you're humble or not anymore, right? Because not uh, not everyone that's humble. Or, oh, you know what? I just go out there and play. No, forget that, fam. We're in another we're in another world now. You don't need to be all. Like, and do you see him
1: flexing? Uh, yeah, when he went, I think I don't know who got the touchdown, and everyone's going, ah, right, and he's there going at the end, going
0: on your Falcons, man.
1: Oh, I mean, you, would you be on my Falcons. I told you there is nothing that anybody learned from this game whatsoever. There, this <laughs> isn't some kind of like, uh, you know, those um, five talking points from the game on Monday Night Football. There's nothing that the Aaron Rodgers learned about his team there's nothing that the Falcons learned as a team we were never going to win that game particularly with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones not 100% fit it was never a case where we were going to go and and, and upset the odd makers Aaron Rodgers had a relatively comfort-free night I don't think he even got sacked at all I, I keep hating the fact that everybody keeps saying, "Oh, well, the Falcon secondary is beat up." It's like that's not an excuse. I'm sorry, injuries are not an excuse. A well-coached team will be able to cope with that. Raheem Morris is clearly not coping with that. Oh, it's an excuse. This guy is injured. Oh, it's an excuse. This guy is injured, or this guy's come off. It's like deal with it. Go back to basics. Cover two, whatever the hell that means. Do that. Blitz, whatever, just do something, anything, like don't you know like that, that's the thing with Falcons whenever shit hits the fan, it's like everyone's head drops, oh well, when we got all those players who are injured, there's no way in hell we can compete with such a team like Green Bay. We're just gonna go to Wisconsin. Waste taxpayers' money by taking this flight out. And we're just going to be so timid and so embarrassing that it doesn't really matter. Oh Miss me with that. Come on. Anyway, who the hell cares? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Someone's clearly pissed him off. He's just walking around with a massive chip on his shoulder. And to the benefit of everybody, he's playing lights out. I think he could be in the conversation for MVP and all.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a few of them. Mahomes, uh, Russ Wilson, Josh Allen, um, and A-Rod, for sure. Definitely. Uh, And last but not least in NFL news, Washington benches Dwayne Haskins for week five and will start Kyle Allen. Did you hear about that?
1: I mean it, what what the hell difference is it going to make? I mean they're not they're not a very good team. Kyle Allen, he did okay with the Panthers, didn't he? I mean I mean just just when just when Washington thought, you know what, we're going to stop these haters from thinking we're a racist franchise with that old name, what do they do? They drop the black quarterback. Oh yes. <laughs> way to way to get the heat off Washington football team. Way to get that heat to drop him for a mediocre white
0: quarterback. This is the thing. Like, I don't think it's fair, to be honest. I think it's way too early to pull the plug on Haskins. He's only played 13 games and has had three offensive teams and a bad O-line and no weapons. And that was before McLaurin. So, I mean, if you look at his games, I don't think he's thrown any interceptions against the league's top defences so far. And not throwing touchdowns is way better than feeding them the ball with turnovers. So, I, I I don't understand what this is about, um, and you know I don't want to go to the easy route and say, "Oh, you're racist," because you know it it may not be the case. But when you look at him not not being exceptionally bad, and then you look at uh, you know Donald and uh, other and, and and Daniel Jones that are still playing, you're like, "What's going on?" Okay, fine. Darnold is being replaced right this week with Joe Flacco. I get it. So me, personally, in my opinion, I think it has to be much deeper than playing on the field because just replacing him, according to how he's playing, makes zero sense. I've heard from the great man and from a few Washington um, fan friends of mine that he's kind of arrogant um, and that he thinks he's made it already. Um, so I have no idea in regards to that. I don't know if that is true. Or not. If that's the case, then fair enough. But yeah, uh, I do find it interesting that they that they went with Carol Allen uh, instead of Alex Smith. It's just like Alex Smith goes, OK, I guess I'll fuck myself then after I have came back from that miraculous healing. And y'all still want to play your boy, Rivera. You still want to play Allen.
1: Who the hell is hiring Alex Smith in the league?
0: He came. He came back. He came back, man, from the dead. <laughs> from that dead leg, he came back. Hey, if he did that, he deserves to be rehired. <laughs> Standard. And with his leg and shit. Uh, but yeah. He he he's still he still ain't good enough to be the replacement, apparently. So Kyle Kyle Allen is the one that's starting uh this week. So there we go. Uh over to you, Abs, for the final segment.
1: Yes. Chris Jericho is celebrating thirty years. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Oh man, I mean, I'm such a a huge fan of his. I think it's a remarkable longevity that he's managed to uh, last and survive in this business for so long. I will never forget his uh, debut on WWE, interrupting The Rock and coming out with a promo and basically telling the world to welcome to Raw is Jericho! And he's always just kind of been one of my favorite superstars of all time. He's a great heel. He's a great baby face. He, you know, was part of some of like my favorite moments in all of wrestling. I think when he won the uh, Undisputed World title in uh, 2001, which was live on Channel 4, when he beat The Rock and Stone Cold at the same night, That was just legendary. Yeah, and I think he's always found ways to reinvent himself, always found ways to keep his gimmick, to keep his character fresh. And yeah, part of my kind of favorite moments kind of stems off of that. So um, his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19, I think that might actually be his best match in WWE for me. I just thought that match was incredible. The storytelling was really, really good. Those two just showed up and showed out. Obviously, Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels, you're going to have a good match with him. My other favorite Jericho match has to be with uh, Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that kind of showed him a life outside of WWE. And once he kind of had a taste of that, it was like, oh, there's a world outside of WWE. And it's a nice world. It's a world that I can thrive and survive in. And I think for many ways, it kind of changed the dimension of the whole wrestling industry, because it was like there is a, a genuine alternative that's coming up that's going to be, you know, with WWE as a as a genuine alternative. And I think once AEW became more and more of a thing, it kind of became more appealing to Jericho. Because he wanted to, he obviously, I think he promised this man, look, I'm never going to work for an American promotion. It's always going to be Japan. I'm going to stay in Japan, whatever. I think he became IWGP Intercontinental Champion for a short while, beating Tetsuya Naito. That was another very, very good match. And once he kind of signed with AEW and kind of reinvented himself even more, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, the Demo God, you know what I mean? Like he's kind of reinvented himself a little bit of a bubbly. Like when he did that, that was just hilarious. And yeah, he's just ways. He's just always found ways to reinvent himself. And obviously with the inner circle and AEW, and, and everything he does, it's just he's he's great. Obviously, Fozzy. Yes, Judas is a cracking song. I think I think that kind of that got mainstream traction. Yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, went out there.
0: I just never knew the Was name of it, but I, I know, I know that. Yeah. Song. Okay. Dun, 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 yeah, that's pretty
1: good. Yeah, good I mean, it's, it's a cracking song, and I think he obviously uses that as his like, entrance music. And now you've got the whole crowd singing word for word the song. I mean, I used to do it anyway, and now it looks like the crowd have kind of cottoned onto that whole thing. They like, say, "Oh, it's a song that you can." genuinely sing along to it it's like it's it's a, it's a great song i mean there's another song of theirs that i really like um i'll try and look for it but um yeah i mean fozzy that's a decent little thing that he kind of does as well on, on 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 the side with wrestling but yeah i mean chris jericho for me is just yeah one of my all-time cool. favorites and celebrating 30 years i'm actually gonna look forward to watching the dynamite with them. Um, them celebrating thirty years of uh, Jericho.
0: Yeah, I'm a big uh, Jericho fan, um, and uh, yeah, just him coming out. Uh, never, ever. so good, so good. You know, what you my... please? Shut the hell up! <laughs> yeah, and you have made the list. And just just all these um, drink
1: it in, man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all of these iconic slogans that you A little bit of the bubble. That that you think, wow, this is all from one person. Um, all of he, the gifts. He's 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 probably as as quotable, if not more, than the rock. So um he's he's always been a great personality. Catchphrase king. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Catchphrase king. He's always been a great personality, but not only that. He's just a baller in the in the in the ring. He's honestly, and and I'm more of a fan of his 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 uh, older stuff. If that makes sense. Now, I think he's a bit. I think he was a bit more agile now uh, than than he is now, and that and that's just natural because of his age. Um, like he, you know, the the matches that he was having against Kurt Angle and all of that was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, Nice tribute.
1: Do you remember like when he said a little bit of the bubbly and they had all of these like memes and gifs of like, you know, that like Spice Girls? Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. You what you want, what you want. I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want a little bit of the bubbly.
0: My favorite one is when like I'm a massive 90s, well, I'm a massive like retro nostalgia throwback fan in a way. If anyone wants to look up my Instagram, it's just basically just a zine and collage of all these different faux obscure realities type of things. And uh, uh, one of the things that I love is Simpsons references. Love Simpsons references because Natty Simpsons is just probably one of the all-time classic comedy uh, geniuses um, that has been invented. <clears throat> and they use a Simpsons reference where... Uh, um he bart, bart simpson gets the tannoys you know the hand tannoys <laughs> and he gets and he gets like one hand tanoid out the other and he makes like a massive <laughs> he makes it, he makes like a massive thing and then uh he he says something yeah testing testing and obviously like the whole whole spring pool but like they put uh, bubbly hair a little bit of bubbly hair
1: <laughs> but i love how he's licking his lips and he does it but i love how bart before he does it he does like a little giggle yeah he's like he moves him out he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i thought so funny and then the beat comes yeah.
0: in and, and then the he's like yeah <laughs> then he licks his lips and goes a little bit of bubbly and it goes Psharp! and just such a perfect, and you know where I first saw that video was from Jericho himself because he retreated
1: it, he loved yeah. it because you know the thing, he said he goes, "He goes, oh, he goes, he didn't mean for it to get over, he goes he was just one of those like passing comment things because he goes, Dumb and Dumber he just goes, okay, I'm just going to say, oh, it's a line from Dumb and Dumber, it's a stupid line ooh, a little bit of the bubbly he goes, it wasn't like intentional and then he goes, all these people are sending me gifts and memes, and he goes, what? He goes, why are people sending me this? Like, why? What will happen? And then obviously that's when he realizes, because he was like complaining about the food when he won the title. There's like a spread, and there's hardly nothing there. And then he's just like, what's this all this terrible food? And he's like, ooh, a little bit of the bubbly, and he starts drinking and everything he does. Oh my god, when he was in um in Kansas, when AW in Kansas, and obviously he had the crowd going, oh. Oh, they're doing yeah, the, that, um, the, the hand, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then obviously he's like, You know what? I think I think Patrick Mahomes is a piece of shit. <laughs> and
0: he
1: just says that to the guy, and then start booing,
0: yeah. He was so good at working up the crowd, like pissing off the crowd. He was so good at that. He's so but good the at that. But the way he the crowd. pissed off
1: those Kansas fans, yeah. Yeah. they kept interrupting him. He's just like, Shut up, shut up. And he goes, You know what? I think. I think Mahomes is a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that just made him go nuts. <sighs> <laughs> <Yeah>. He's like, <laughs> you like that,
1: man? <laughs> That's just absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, long, long, long live uh, Chris Jericho. And uh,
0: yeah, nice little tribute there. Abs, really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah uh, there it goes for this week we'll be back of course we're going to be talking about the draft and what happened as well as the football action on the over the course of the weekend and any other news that have came out of that so until then we'll see you next week see ya see you later